Welcome to Midnight Menu Plus One. I'm Ray Kanata. And I'm Margot Moss. We're here at Ted's Frost Top on Claiborne and Calhoun in Uptown New Orleans. Once a week, Margot and I meet here at Ted's and we invite a member of New Orleans restaurant community to join us. And we invite them to bring along a friend, a plus one. We never know who their plus one's going to be, uh, but we'll find out in just a moment. And we are going to be talking with a very special guest tonight, Margot. I'm, I'm excited. I know you are. Uh, tonight we have a man who once refused to serve Tom Cruise a meal. He's, he was, uh, head, he's head chef at one of uh, Uptown's finest restaurants who once gave an Eskimo in Greenland his first ever cupcake. Uh, I cannot wait to meet such a man. But while we're eagerly anticipating our special guest, Margot, I'm just wondering um, if you know what great New Orleans food event happened on this date in history. Do you know this? Because you know everything about New Orleans food, so you probably know <laughs> the answer to this. Well, I would. I like to think I've tasted everything, but I don't know everything. But le- well, what? Th- Please tell I me. I do Facebook, not know that. Actually, so it's okay. Um, <laughs> the uh, uh, po' boys or poor boys to purists, I think. Uh, I've been corrected more than once about that. It was. It was invented 84 years ago on this date. Really? Today. Yeah, yeah. You know. You know how it happened? Yeah. That's that's worthy of applause. 1,000 streetcar operators went on strike, and they were providing, you know, often the union and, uh, and supporters will provide them food, and so they made this very cheap concoction to feed the workers while they were picketing, and apparently it was at this place called Martin's, maybe this is still around in your younger days, I don't know, but it's a place called Martin's on Ursulines in, in, um, in the quarter, and they fed the guys to be sandwiches, poor boys, and that became the uh, po' boy. And that was done uh, 84 years wow, ago today. Wow, that's really interesting. Yeah. Well, and we're still eating them. And lo- thank you for striking. And now everybody, and now everybody uh, around the country has something they call a po' boy. <laughs> you know, when I go around to uh, visit different places, I just got back from vacation. Pigeon Forge, Tennessee had a place that offered a po' really? boy. Really? Yes. And uh, I'm sure was it, was, it on French bread? Oh, or? I'm sure it was exactly like it is here. I'm sure. <laughs> and, but, and oysters were right out of the out of the water, and it was you know it was, it was just like it. I'm sure. But um, anyway, that's that's the trivia today. Um, well, I don't want to. You know, we could banter about our weekend, but uh, I don't I don't want to waste any more time because I'm dying to hear our guest. Our special guest on Midnight Menu Plus One is a very complex individual. Apparently, he likes to feed Eskimos. He despises celebrity Scientologists. He <laughs> loves to get pedicures. He's an expert on old school rap, and he's going to perform one for us in just a moment. He's promised. And oh, in his spare time, he's also head chef of Upper Line in Uptown New Orleans on everybody's list of the city's greatest. It's the one and only amazing David Bridges. Welcome. Thank you very much. It's uh, good to be here, y'all. I'm getting my little sugar rush going. My Ted's Frost Top Root Beer. And, uh, it's great to be here. You know? Sounds like you don't need any uh, sugar rush. Oh, you, no, no, no. Yeah, you're I'm, an active person. I'm, yeah, I'm a natural freak, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, but you have to be to work in a kitchen. You know, you oh, always wow. have to be running on fumes and, and everything, you know. Wow. So, well, thank you. Thank you for coming. Well, great. It's good to be here. Now, you're friends with uh, uh, one of the folks who helps us out from time to time on sound, Mitch Cry. Oh, yeah. Mitch is a good friend, you know. Uh, he and my, my brother's all radio DJ, and, and he and Mitch, you know, sort of grew up together. And in with, New Orleans? Yes, here in New Orleans. And so after the Hurricane Katrina, Mitch actually moved to where I was living in Shreveport, Louisiana. And I owned a restaurant and, and offered Mitch a job, but I, I think he, he had declined at the time. <laughs> 
Because, <laughs> you know, I, I, I guess I get a little crazy sometimes. Was he doing you a favor, though? Yeah. By declining? <laughs> yeah, because I would have wound up being mean to him. And he's like family, you know? <laughs> and so after that, I did get him a job with another good friend of mine there in town. I, I, I bought him a microwave. And, and Mitch did just fine till he could come back to the city and get back to the life he loved. Really? Now, did you did you have need of a sound engineer in a restaurant? Uh, <laughs> no, it was. It, he was he was actually working as a waiter for John Besh. Oh, when, he's uh, told us that before. Yeah, That's right, when, yeah, when when he moved up when the Katrina hit and he moved up to Shreveport, and so oh. Mitch is actually he he know I hate to say the word foodie because I think it's kind of a weird deal, but yeah, uh, Mitch is that he bit, does some have some skills in the kitchen. Skills in, in oh, the kitchen. oh, in the kitchen himself for sure. Okay. He, he's brought me his own pastrami and smoked salmon and everything over to the restaurant. And well, it's tell been us, incredible. Whoa, whoa, wait, he makes tell pastrami? Us. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's made duck and regular beef. And smoked salmon, all kinds of things. Oh, yeah. So oh, wow. tell us the name of your restaurant in Shreveport, and uh, how long ago was it? I owned, it was Bella Fresca. I owned it for over eight years, and then I got an itch to travel. And so I, I, I owned that and a bunch of other things. I sold it all and uh, started traveling around a lot for about three years, maybe three or four years. And then decided to move back home here to New Orleans. And so you grew up in New Orleans? Yeah, I was born and raised here in New Orleans. And you moved to Shreveport to uh, to start your business, your yeah, restaurant, well, or you had connections I, there? Yeah, I, I, I moved there, uh, and, uh, and I wound up, oh, you know, there wasn't much... For, to work you know I, I had gone from new orleans to vermont to the virgin islands and then to florida and then i moved to shreveport uh just for some personal reasons okay. that wound up being wrong <laughs> <laughs> but, and then after that I, you know since there wasn't too many places to work i decided to open my own restaurant and i found an investor you know uh, talent's hard to come by but money's on every corner Huh. And sure enough, that was pretty easy for me to find, and I did that. So I was pretty successful for eight years, but then I was just ready to go, and so I left. That was that. And what kind of food was it? It was contemporary Southern. It had, a lot, of course, a lot of influence of the city. And it, New Orleans, I mean, Shreveport is kind of a nice crossroads, word, cross I'm sorry, of the Deep South, you know. And so it's right in between... Uh, you know, country fried chicken and shrimp ramelade. And right. so the, the food there was kind of a natural mix, actually, of my parents, my dad being from Texas and my mom being from New Orleans. And so just growing up with those flavors I related to as a kid just really uh, resonated with the community. And, and it, I did really well. And the guys that have taken over the place since then have done really well. Also, they've opened up a second location. So I would say it's definitely the place to go in the city for sure. Okay. Oh, wow. And is well, that where Tom, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I was going to say, is that where Tom Cruise uh, yeah. <laughs> tried to eat in Shreveport? Yeah. Wait, yeah, you turned yeah. him down in Shreveport? I sure did. How often does Shreveport get people well, like Tom Cruise? I also, after Katrina, all the movies started filming in Shreveport. Oh, that's they moved true. From right, right, right. There. And so every week it was somebody. So why and, would you not feed Tom Cruise? Well, because... He, his assistant called, it was a Saturday night, and she's calling me at 5 o'clock wanting a reservation, and we're full. And so, 
and the girls and I said, well, I'm sorry, no, we're full for 7:30. You know, the most popular time in the world. You know, you want to come at 9:30 or something like that? No, you want to come now? No. And I was like, well, I'm sorry, I, I can't. I don't have a table, ma'am. And she's like, well, this is for Tom Cruise. And I was like, well, I still don't have a table. I don't know what to tell you. I said, I have customers that have been coming to me for years. And, and they, ha they have these tables reserved. I'm not gonna kick out somebody who's been coming to me forever just for Tom Cruise. I don't really care. <laughs> All right. That and is that impressive. Was, that's an awesome story. But let, let, and let, me, let, me, let me tell you something. If I'm ever eating an upper line and Tom Cruise calls and the place is full, feel invited to do this. Come over to me and my wife and say, would you guys mind squeezing over a little bit? Tom Cruise <laughs> yeah. wants to sit at the table with you. I, I would do it. I would be if, happy to have Tom Cruise sit on my lap or whatever it takes to like be able to have a meal with him. Well, All right. I'm sure. He creeps okay, me okay, out I'll like everybody else. Do that. But, but he's David a small <laughs> man anyway. He's like 5'4 <laughs> yeah, yeah. or something anyway, isn't he? But he's he wears tiny. very tall shoes. <laughs> <laughs> so if David hooks you up at Upper Line when yeah. Tom Cruise comes in and you can ask him one question before you offend him and he leaves. Tom Cruise? Yeah, what would be your one question? <laughs> I'm not going to say it on the air because I'm, I'm scared to death of Scientologists. I'm not kidding you. Whenever I type the word Scientology uh, online in any way, whenever it comes up, I put little asterisks in the middle because I think they have web crawlers going around. <laughs> you know, the premier of Germany, she actually said they're closer to a spy agency than a religion. You know? You don't want to screw with this. They almost, they almost bankrupt this uh, Newsweek. Yeah, you know? Did you close shortly after that? I just want to know because... That's why you <laughs> left Shreveport. No, 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 no. We didn't close. The, the, the restaurant stayed open and it's still going strong. No, I know I, you have to say that on the air. Scientologists didn't sabotage your personal life in you, Shreveport. Uh, uh, to, uh, yeah, the Scientologists <laughs> came let's after blame me. It on and them. They, uh, yeah, that's what happened. <laughs> I knew somebody was to blame. It wasn't all the drinking. I knew that yeah. could have been it. <laughs> <laughs> Finally! Wow. Well, Aren't what? you glad you came on yes. here? We just yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So many, okay, that's one story down, 75 to go. Yeah, okay, that's great. I love this. We're, gonna, we're never going to get this in an hour. But I want to talk about Oprah Lion just right off the bat sure. for a second, if we could. And Definitely. then maybe get to some of these uh, these. Then uh, I want to ask him if he really had a drinking problem. But I'll let you talk oh. about food first. That, Go ahead. Is that going to be a long or short answer, David? Yeah, well, it's all a matter of opinion, you know? And everybody <laughs> has a different opinion. I guess it's like in anything in life with retrospect. When I look back, well, this is what I'll say. All the funniest times in my life have something to do with alcohol. Yeah. And I've had a ton of really great, incredible times in my life also that were extremely funny and hilarious that didn't have to do with alcohol. Every single bad time I've ever had in my life included alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. So, <laughs> so it's just one of those deals. You know, I've, I've had some great times and, uh, you know, growing up in New Orleans, I mean, you're 16 years old. You're going to the bar in the French Quarter that's next door to the police station. Right. You know, right. I, I, I had no idea. Sloppy Jim's? It was, uh, it was uh, Melius's was Milius. the name of the bar. Uh, on Royal Street? Well, this was, yeah, this was on Conti. Grant knows what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Off air, oh, I'm going to talk to you about Sloppy Jim's This was Jim's on Conti next to the police station. I can't station. believe she just mentioned Sloppy Jim's. Uh, yeah, before you got to Royal, headed okay. away from Bourbon. And that okay. was when I was in high school. And the policeman worked the door, you know. So, <laughs> <laughs> but when I first moved out of the state, um, you know, I, for a small break, 
uh, it, from graduating high school till I first started cooking, that six months I went to school in Tallahassee. And so I show up in Tallahassee and I go to the bar and they won't let me in. And I'm 17 and I just had no idea. I'm like, what do you mean? I you can't had a hard day of culinary drink. school yeah. and you wanted well, to. Well, it was it was community college. Cooking. At- <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so I, went, I just I just didn't know that you had to be 21 to drink in other places other than New Orleans. I like had they really no meant idea. It. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> And so, you know, that's why I only lived in Tallahassee for six months. <laughs> well, I mean, I, then, I just know. came back from a city in the deep south that will remain nameless, but the uh, not Pigeon Forge, <laughs> another place before that. And they made you sit down when you had it at, at bars. Out When you're outdoors at a bar, you have to sit down with your beer. You can't stand with the beer yeah. in your hand. What do you, you can ordinance. You're not allowed to stand. A grown adult. I'm even a 44-year-old man. Well, you might man, start to dance. To- no. And you know, you, I've seen Footloose. It's illegal <laughs> in some places. You can't just do that anywhere. Yeah, yeah. You have to sit down. So yeah, how do you get, like, if you order at the counter, you, you can't know, like, sip you it as you're walking to the table. Slide it across, like, they have to run a board from the window to the table. There's a patio at a bar. The bartender kept coming out and going, we're going to get in trouble. Sir, you please need, you need to sit yeah. down. And then the other thing was, he's, uh, unless you rested your drink on the table, then you could stand. But you could not have the drink in your hand. What if you did the dog butt scoop? Across the floor, <laughs> that you wouldn't be standing. Sure you get from point A to point B. That <laughs> that, that, that's that's in the small print. Yeah. No, yeah. But, no dog dog butt dog butt The other thing is, you weren't allowed to have um, you weren't allowed to have any alcohol outdoors after ten o'clock. They made oh, everything move inside yeah. in the bars too at ten o'clock. All right, Crazy. that's why you, I, that's why we love New Orleans yes. and hate every place else. Right, I want to get back to now? your original question, yeah. but remind me to get back to dog butt scooching. Okay, okay? as long right. as you promise really? me that, yes, for later. You Go have ahead. a follow up on yeah. dog butt scooching. Yes. Yes. No, 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 no. Sort of no, no, because it'll start a whole new thing. Okay, well, okay. Go, ask what, your what's question. Let's summarize. Let's get the, let's lay the groundwork, the foundation here. Lay it down, Ray, and then we can go off on these crazy things. I got a feeling you're gonna be one of those guests that has the billion. T- uh, so you yeah, want to have some, some, something to connect at a core. I'm quite reserved this Okay, <laughs> so here's the thing about Upper Line, right? Um, four chefs, I'm told, in 28, his first 28 years. Yes. A total standard in the city. city has these great restaurants, especially especially uptown in that area. has so many great restaurants. And, and uh, But then, you know, things started to come apart, it seemed, at the seams, right? I think people understand that. The chef, uh, who'd been there forever, goes off and joins the Roman Catholic priesthood. Yes. And you had, like, I think it was three or four times in, like, two or three years where you had no chef or you had stand-in chefs or whatever. Yeah. And it was just kind of a mess. And I, yeah. I remember that time because I used to take people to, um, to the restaurant uh, from out of town because it's near where I live. And I had one or two kind of sketchy meals there, Rob. And they weren't terrible. They were just yeah. not up to what you would expect at Upper Line. And then, and then, and then things turned around. You came there, and and you saved it from people. I think people starting to worry that there was like a dark cloud hanging over Upper Line, well, and think bad things may yeah. happen. Sometimes, re- you know, restaurants are like marriages and other things. They get to an age where they can kind of get stale if they don't move forward. And it seemed like maybe Upper Line was hitting that. And then all of a sudden. It's just wonderful again, right? And yeah, well, and it's so definitely you know, uh, you know. Of course, am I ever going to say oh, my food's the best? Well, yeah, you know, <laughs> of course I am. Well, I mean, other people agree, right? I mean, the place just got yeah, a four yeah. bean review. Yeah, we got a four bean yeah, review. Yeah, and from so the I mean, it's not me flattering you. I mean, that, yeah. I think it's pretty much the consensus, right? We've done I mean, fairly well. You know, I, I didn't in the times. You actually. For the past 10 years, I hadn't eaten at the Upper Line. So right. uh, I hadn't eaten at the Upper Line since Richard Benz was the chef, you know, right. in the, the late 90s. And so, 
you know, and I've always heard wonderful things about Ken Smith, and he was there for eight years, so I'm yeah. sure he, he did just wonderfully. And then after that, I, I didn't eat there when the other chefs had come through, and I, ne- I didn't know them personally on any sort of level. But, yeah, there was, there was that aura uh, that there was, like you said, a black cloud hanging over the place, and, and I showed up and everything dissipated. <laughs> I, I think, you know, I, all I ever tried to do, or, and all I, you know, with, with the original recipes of the restaurant was just bring them back to how I felt the original chef created them to begin with. It seemed to me like a good story if things had gotten bastardized and lost along the way and I just sort of brought things back. And then added my own touches here. Yeah, well, I mean, the gumbo still the duck gumbo, right? Yeah, and, that's and right. The, still the oysters, St. Claude, yeah. all those things that you kind of yeah. think of, associate with the upper line. Yes. But, then, but things are all fresh and new. It's not what it was in 2010. Yeah, there's still all of the original uh, dishes. There isn't a recipe that there that I haven't touched in one way or another. Right. Um, Can you but, tell us what was, like, what's something you're, your favorite little... Uh, update or not update but just put your own passion into it besides just your hand well is there any it just seemed like a lot of the techniques had fallen to the wayside in order for a a lack of time Uh, and so things were just sort of getting pushed out through the ovens as fast as it possibly could in order to get the massive amount of prep needed to be done in order to serve you know 200 people when jazz fest is here and so I just wound up organizing things differently, and and from there we could then make the cook the rest, take the time needed to cook the recipes properly, and then all the flavors go back to the way they should be. And and, and so like with the duck, you know, the duck when I started there, and and this is a dish that's been on uh, the Food Network's best things I ever ate, right. and there's a uh, we sell a ton of duck. And these people were coming from all over to get this duck. And, and meanwhile, the guys were putting it in the oven for two hours at like 450 degrees, which is just absurd, you know? That's just such a violent cooking process. And here's this duck supposed to be nice and succulent and tender. And so all I did was just uh, change the marination process to be longer. And then also we put the duck in the oven overnight for 11 hours at 200 degrees and that just totally changed everything more fat comes out and so the skin gets a little crispier and then the meat itself has been self-basted by the fat all night and and it's a lot more succulent so it's just small little things like that you know but it sounds fulfilling i mean it must feel good to help uh bring those things back to a place that you yeah, I had sort of a crazy connection with the upper line because I first my first job ever was at uh, Barreca's restaurant on Old Metairie Road. It was my first ever cooking job in like 1990, and and at the time when I wanted to progress and learn more, I had been there for a year and a half, and I had been through all the stations, and uh, I didn't wear penny loafers to work anymore because I didn't know any better, and and I. And I started to look around and see where I was going to learn the most. And I had been hearing so many things about the upper line. So I saw they had an ad in the Times picking and I went to go apply for a job as a cook. And Tom Kalman was the chef. And Tom was doing some very interesting, revolutionary things, especially at that time in the city where everybody was only, you know, gumbo and, and fish with crab meat. 
and Tom was doing some Indian food and some Chinese food and, and some Moroccan food, and it was very, uh, and even some classic French bistro food, which was and very, this very is progressive. The 90s? Yeah, this was 1990. Okay. And, uh, and so I applied for the job, and, and Tom actually wound up offering me the job as a line cook, and when I told the owners of Barreca's, or the owner, you know, he said, well, Dave, you know, if you really want to further your career, you should go to culinary school. And I had no idea such a thing even existed. You know, <laughs> they did not talk about culinary school career day at Holy Cross. That's for sure. <laughs> or I would have done it, you know, because I always wanted to cook. And, uh, and so, I, you know, bought a book, The Guide to Culinary Schools. I still have it, you know, and, and at the time, you know, there's like, 50 schools in the U.S. and that's it, you know. Now there's like 50 in every state. Yeah. But uh, So you went to New England, right? So, yeah, I went yeah. to the New England Culinary Institute. And, and the owner offered to pay for me to go if I would work for him when I came back. And instead, I, well, that's a, I was a hard worker as a kid, you know. And so I had, actually I had two cars. And so I sold one of them for a loan to go to school and the the tuition was uh thirty two thousand dollars in 1990 you know it's but i sold my car and i used that as the down payment for the loan and then put myself through school and uh yeah here i am so living wait. the dream so <laughs> you did not want to have him no i wanted freedom it, freedom. Okay. it was a very uh old school kitchen you know i i do have a lot of great fundamentals uh, from that experience, but when you see those things on TV, like with Gordon Ramsay yelling and screaming and throwing things at people, I mean, that really did happen. You know, <laughs> when Gordon Ramsay was a cook, that's how he was treated. Huh. And when I was a cook, that's how I was treated too. I, I was just at the end of that phase in America where uh, cooks didn't really get treated that way as much anymore to, to So it today. wasn't a glamorous, you weren't oh, looking no, at it as no, like... No, no, no. The people in the kitchens when I started, and I, I wrote a pretty interesting article uh, called Reversal of Fortunes, but the people... Is this for your blog? Yeah, 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 What's, yeah. what's your blog's name, by the way? Uh, com. That's and where the uh, dog scooching butt thing was yeah, going to come. Yeah. I was going to ask if... If that's... <laughs> <laughs> if, if, if that dog uh, butt scoot is on the real yes. well, my is, dogs are named Rooter and Tudor. I have two dogs named Rooter and Tudor, and it's a, it's an old uh, Southern saying. You know, we eat everything on the pig from the Rooter to the Tudor. Uh. And so, and so, I, I actually I worked on a. a so do you, but you don't you don't you don't cook pig tutor at uh, Upper Lawn. And not at the Upper Lawn. Not that you would no, tell us yes. that. No. If I do, it's just for the staff. <laughs> 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 and, and so, you know. Uh, you know, like I said, you did, I went to the New England because I, I, I wanted freedom because, uh, you know, the, the it I did learn a lot of hard skills and law, how to work long, hard hours and all that at Barreca's. And I learned a lot of foundation, of especially of Creole cooking there. And uh, but I wanted to travel. I had a dream and to see crystal blue water, in, in, which I was never going to see with the Mississippi. Huh. And so I went to the culinary school so I could go to the Caribbean. And that's what I did, you know. Oh. <laughs> well, and now, go ahead. I think it's time for a plus one, but <laughs> uh, he's not coming, is he? No. Pedro, what happened to him? Pedro Pistola, I, I believe, is 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 drunk. What a great name at, at Lafitte. Well, this guy used to work for me at, when I uh, in Shreveport, and then he came into some money and decided he was going to retire in Costa Rica, and so Pedro, and so, okay. yeah, Petro, yeah, well, Petro, Peter, Pedro? Peter. Peter. Okay. Uh, he's you know he's from Seattle. <laughs> and he's and he's a hippie, and so Peter 
moved, and I just call him Pedro because that was his nickname in Costa Rica. Uh. And so uh, Peter moves to Costa Rica, lives there for a few years. About three times a year, he sends his daughter, who's still living in Treeport, to my restaurant to gather up a, a box of, of goods that he needs to ship to him that he can't find in Costa Rica, like <laughs> powdered ranch dressing and horseradish so he can make Bloody Marys and just a million odd things. You can't get a Bloody Mary in Costa Rica? <laughs> I guess. I can't imagine that. Well, you enabled him to stay longer. You should yeah, cut off yeah, the supply. I was an enabler. <laughs> and so... Truth be told, you wanted him to stay there, right? Yeah, 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 right. yeah, because I didn't want to have to support him for the right. rest of his life. Right. But so, but so then he moves back, and he moves to New Orleans before me. And uh, it's it, and he wound up getting a job, and... And he was there, I believe, at the uh, the art, the Noma, you know, running the kitchen there, at, and then for Ralph Brennan, and then uh, oh, recently, whatever, yeah, for the past, it was like a couple of years. It's good. Yeah, and I they, really like that. that yeah. That's like my favorite museum of uh, uh, kitchen <laughs> yeah, ever. Yeah. Not that I've been to a ton of museum kitchens, and, but. And so then Peter, uh, it didn't work out with. Uh, him and the Brennans, or him and Ralph Brennan, that is, for, for whatever reason. And uh, we had an opening at the upper line, and so he, he so filled your, that opening. He's and, your sous chef? Yeah, yeah. And yeah, he's yeah. drunk tonight. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? Okay, so since he couldn't be here, we're going to talk about him. And sick. We're going to slander yeah. him while he's not here. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you role play? Pretend to be yeah. Peter. We'll interview. We'll interview him right now. Okay. And what okay. you think he would answer? Okay. But before, okay. Awesome. Can I ask the first question? Sure. Go ahead. As Dave or Peter? No, uh, as Peter. Peter. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. Pedro. See. Si. What do you think would happen to you at Upper Line if you called in and said you weren't feeling well? Dave what would, would serve nothing but soup for the day, <laughs> <laughs> and the the kitchen would get drunk. <laughs> All <Next>. right. <laughs> so was he work? Uh, were you working today? <laughs> no, we're closed on Mondays and Tuesdays. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Oh, yeah. The, oh, no. The upper line it, it does not function without me there. <laughs> not in any way. <laughs> you wouldn't take off a night to come talk to us? <laughs> uh, it's not that I wouldn't. It's that I wouldn't be allowed to. Yeah. But, but if you pushed it back, you know, we're here at 8. If you pushed it back to 9, then the owner... Yeah. Now, Wouldn't have taken any late reservations. Well, now, we were Joe trying to do served. it at midnight. Yeah. We used to, but we couldn't, couldn't handle it. We found it. out that chefs are wusses because, what? yeah, we, we start, the whole concept was we we're going to have this at midnight because, oh, you stay up late and you party Ooh. all night. Uh, and then we started asking all these chefs, and they're like, you know, actually, I like to go to bed early. Can I, you oh, know? My night off. Yeah, it's, it's my one. night off. I, you know, I like to sleep in. And it's like, so we, we pushed it back and back and back. And yeah, finally, yeah, yeah. It was the chefs that did it. I'd no, be happy to do it at midnight. I would have done it at midnight. I'm I'd smarter have been, I'd have been a lot funnier and better looking because I'm drunk at midnight. <laughs> you get better I'm looking funnier, the drunker you I'm are? Better, and I'm smarter. Uh, all wow. of those things. Isn't that the questions they ask you in drinking class you know if they think you have a, if you want to know you want to know if you have a problem you know it's like check a you know yes or no am i better looking when i'm drinking yeah. <laughs> you I seem to know a lot about this day well i had an unfortunate incident with the police at one point in my life and and so afterwards you know I, yeah i did not hire a lawyer because i fessed up i said yes i did it you know throw the book at me i'm willing to pay the price for my wrongdoings and uh, and so they sent me to this thing, and it's like, you know, are you better looking when you drink? Yes or no? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Am I funnier? Yeah. And I just kept waiting for somebody to come back to me after that test. And They're say, like, you did great. Son, you really you have, have a problem. problem. <laughs> but nobody ever said anything. They're just like, instead of picking up garbage on the street, Chef Dave, 
we want you to feed the homeless at Thanksgiving. And I was like, that's it? <laughs> so I went to the restaurant, and I told all my cooks, look, you're going to make dressing. You're going to make gravy. You're going to make mashed potatoes. Oh, I you delegated. This- <laughs> yeah, Excellent. Delegated. And then I delivered it, and that was it. I, I, I helped my fellow man. <laughs> I paid my $800 fine. And that sounds like fun. Yeah, yeah. And I've, but I learned my kids life. Kids, don't try this yet. at home. Yeah, that kids. Uh, I was going to say, kids, go ahead and drive drunk. It sounds uh, yeah. like a good, That's why like a good I live option. a block to the streetcar line right now. <laughs> Never drive again. Never, ever, ever. Really? How'd you get here? Well, I didn't drink. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's okay. okay. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, Wait, so back to Joanne. Oh, okay, oh, okay. Pedro. Go to Pedro. Oh, yes. what what do you think is going to happen to you on Wednesday when you're back in the kitchen for Disson? Uh, well, I'm going to bring Chef, Chef Dave, Dave a bond me, and he's going to instantly forget about everything. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's what's right. going to happen. Well, oh, I well. guess that'll... Yeah, let's just do this all night. Can you role play other people too? <laughs> Go back yeah, to Tom you Cruise. What did yeah. Tom Cruise do? When you, be Tom Cruise when you kicked him out. He's still fusing, fuming because he. Come on, I'm the guy from Top Gun. I'm best friends with Val Kilmer. You know? Then he showed his he showed his double secret Scientology yeah, yeah, uh, ID just, card, and that's when you quivered. He, he came up to the, the, my, my side door of the restaurant, his glass, and he came and put his buttocks on it, and thought that that would just let me open, let did him right really on that? in. No, oh. <laughs> in my mind he did, and that's isn't that the same thing? <laughs> he and might should have. And look, you should thank him. It makes a better story than him actually yeah, eating there. Yeah, oh, okay. totally. Yeah, right. I mean, so he yes. probably does yes, he, he definitely did he that. He probably would have asked for everything on the side, and <laughs> could you cook it differently and make it gluten free? That, that was share. Oh, <laughs> really? That, yeah, that was share. She was yeah. difficult. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a lot of crazy people that came through. Yeah, Cher was everything on the side uh, to the point I was like, why are we even cooking this food? Well, she's like anorexic you know, at 117 years old, so what can Jessica she eat, right? I mean, Simpson she has to. had this rider list that was two pages long of all this vegetarian tofu, turkey, and on and on and on. And then the last line says, two bottles of Grey Goose. And then that's all she had the whole time. (laughs) And then Ashton Kutcher sits in the parking lot, and he sends in his assistant to come look around the restaurant to make sure everything's okay for him to come in. And we're like, we, we don't even know what's going on. I just see this girl sitting in the booth, and she's looking around and looking around, and then she picks up her cell phone, and then M walks him and the Demi Moore, you know? And I'm like, God, you're the guy from Dude, Where's My Car? Is all this really <laughs> necessary? And then I have this old, old uh, black lady work, that works with me in this kitchen, Miss Eveline. And she, and she doesn't see me sitting at the bar of the restaurant. She thought I was off that night. And she literally comes out into the diner, right in the middle of the diner, and just stands there staring at him. <laughs> and she's going, Tom. No, no, I'm sorry, Ashton, Jimmy, Ashton, Demi, and I turn, I'm like, Miss Elena, oh, I'm sorry, baby, I didn't know you was here. And she would run it back <laughs> in the kitchen. Maybe that's what the girl was waiting for with the cell phone, you know, the assistant. I don't know. She, it's, it was so a lot of weird celebra- things. Did you get more celebrities at your Shreveport place than in Upper Line? Well, it's, it's a different type of celebrity. You know, the uh, Upper Line, a lot of the celebrity people are, you know, they're, they're like, authors they're more like the intellectual types you know we did have robert de niro come twice last month and and that was kind of nice uh but you know (laughs) some of these some of the celebrities have these doctors 
that are just say the most absurd things to these guys and they just outright believe them. Like, uh, you know, David Morse, you know, he could have sea salt, but he couldn't have kosher salt. And he could have imported cheese, but he couldn't have domestic cheese. And it was all these, he could have olive oil and butter, but not some canola oil. I mean, so it is he telling all this to the absurd. waiter, or is he like going right to you? Well, to tell he, you this? he he had that he, could be for political said, reasons, though, isn't he? Well, no, he, doc- no. Some Chinese medicine doctor okay. told him these things, however long ago, for whatever ailment he had, and he's just followed it strictly ever since. And so, no, so they sent over a list on the email, and then when he showed up. Uh, you know, I'm looking at the. I, I have everything ready to do how he wants. You know, and I'm, and this girl's coming back in the kitchen, and she's like, "No, you don't understand. You have to." And this has become a, the slogan of our kitchen for everybody that has a fake allergy. <laughs> Yo, you don't understand. If you don't use the sea salt instead of the kosher salt, he might die. <laughs> and I just stand there looking at the because it was actually on my day off. I'm going to use know, that on my wife. We were closed that day. I'm using that on my wife. And, and I'm, yeah, yeah. And I'm looking at this girl and I'm thinking, honey, this is my day off. You know, he's lucky I'm, I'm here at all. Uh, okay. And, and, and so now every single time somebody comes I'm in and has, I'm allergic to garlic. You know, I get the, these sort of small things a lot. I'm allergic to garlic. And there's a big difference between being allergic and having an intolerance. You know, if you go poo-poo all day, that doesn't mean you're allergic. <laughs> that just means your belly gets a little upset, right. you know. But, so every time somebody says anything, that we're back in the they're, kit. Yes, we are laughing at all of you. an ambulance and it's, because you're going to die. <laughs> uh, now, don't do it. Now, Joanne's always there, right? Yes. I've never been to Upper Line where she wasn't there. Yeah, I've been now, there Now, she's got to be like, you're not going to tell me how old she is, I'm sure, but she's got to be in her 70s for sure. Yeah. Easily. yeah, 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 yeah. She's a little over seventy. I'm not. She's probably told me, but it's these are one of the. That's one of those things I, I mean, just don't have like, the ability to remember. Sort of, does she give you? I mean, being in the, it's that's her baby. She's been what like thirty years, a little over thirty yeah, years, right? Uh-huh, like, yes. And it's got it, you know. But she's not a micromanager. I mean, she she isn't a lot of things, you know. She, did she she's probably a few of the dishes that you have to. Yes, yes, she did. Like she was the original creator of the fried green tomato shrimp right, which, ramalai which everybody combination. Has. Yeah, yeah, that's like, correct. Eighty percent of the fine restaurants in the city yes. have that dish. She's yeah, the and one even that that. across the south. Are even. we pretty sure that she's the one? Actually, yes, she's positive. I've, I've read that a, in print too, and no one's disputed it. She's such. A historian on food. What, what amazed me the first time I met her and interviewed for the job was how much she knows about food and even the current things. When I would say to her some obscure names of chefs that are European, she knew exactly, and she not only knew exactly what I was talking about, but she had been to their restaurants to eat. And then she'll often come to me with stuff. Well, you know, Dave, who was that one chef who was skinny and he worked at Chez Panisse and then he opened his own place? I'd say, Jeremiah Tower. Yeah, 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 that's right, that's right. I was like, and then I'll tell her how I went to Stars, you know. And, you know, and who was that one French chef who was real skinny and he was a chain smoker and he had curly hair? Jean-Louis Palinette. Yeah, that's right, that's right. And, uh, I'll tell her my story about him, you know, because wow. I'm a – you know, I'm a whore for traveling. You know, I just always, you know, I just have to go, 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 go. How do you get away? Oh, well, he's just like every. You're going to trust fast, Pedro to, no, to take care of your kitchen? A, it's a lot of fast trips. You know, <laughs> when I left, uh, but when I owned my restaurant in Shreveport, I could pretty much come and go as I wanted. The restaurant's Wednesday to Sunday? 
Well, uh, no, at the upper line, yeah, the upper line's Wednesday to Sunday. Yeah. You know, in Shreveport, I could just, I was the owner, so I could come and go as whenever I wanted. And uh, I had a pretty good crew there that took care of everything. And then when I took the job as a private traveling chef, then that's all I did was travel. Oh, that's right. Didn't you, you were chef like on private jets, right? Yeah, yeah. You logged like 50,000 miles or something jets. like that in a year or yeah. something. Yeah. How do you cook on a jet? <laughs> you have to season things more because the altitude. Really? <laughs> but, yeah, a lot of times what would happen would be, you know, I'd have somebody that would say, hey, we're going to, you know, either Florida, the Bahamas, or Los Angeles, or wherever. And uh, so just come with us. You can, you'll fly over with us and cook for as long as you can. And then you can, we'll just pay for your flight back to wherever you want to go. And so that's what I would do. I would usually... Like half of my trips would be flying on their plane, whether it was going there or coming back, and the other half was, you know, uh, American Airlines <laughs> and back in coach with reality, you know. <laughs> but yeah, you know, you get you get really spoiled flying on a plane. I mean, in in Scotland, we didn't even have to go through security. We just walked off the plane, walked in the car, and went to the, the hotel, you know? Well, they're just so happy to have good food in Scotland, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, it's, not yeah. something, it's not boiled yeah. or haggis, right? <laughs> I had haggis every meal there. Oh, gee. <laughs> I used to have haggis once a year at this uh, Robert Burns Society I went to. It was always uh -huh. gross. Always gross. New York City haggis had to be the best haggis besides uh, Scotland, right? Yeah, I, I loved it. I, really? lo I thought it was great because it reminded uh -huh. me a lot of boudin noir black sausage except for it has oats in it or even the the cajun shodan you're the only you know? one in so, <laughs> wait when you were traveling and cooking for people did you use ingredients that were indigenous to oh places yeah you go to? definitely did that's all i did uh, and in and some of the local influence like it would always be a touch of the south in what i cooked but there would always be all nothing but local ingredients and even some or, or or some or local traditions, you know, whatever it was, I would see or I would find when I was there. Definitely all the time. I mean, uh, I spent a couple summers, uh, you know, three weeks in Alaska. And so how could I avoid, you know, all the fish and the halibut and the salmon? And I would do everything with it. Every, you know, I'd cure the eggs to make caviar. So, At one point, so the you fishermen like shy to do that because I mean, you're not no. familiar with the ingredients. You just jump no. right in. No, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, Are I, you I, tasting them first you, before you're serving them? Oh, people, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, but you know, if you do it long enough, your your fear levels drops. You know, you're always a little nervous in any situation because you have a lot of pride in what you do. Right, but. I'm never fearful that I'm going to fail. Let me ask you, you know? a question. I've never asked one of the guests before. I've wondered a couple times, and it just hasn't come up. But, um, you know, any of us that do things uh, that are at all artistic, uh -huh. we see it differently than other people see it, right? Yes, definitely. Right? So I speak for a living, and uh -huh. I, I work on my, my, my talk every week, and it's 20 hours or so, 15 hours I work on it. It sounds different to me. Some of the ones I love, everybody else hates. And they're <laughs> awful, you know, and they're great to me. I mean, are you that way with food? Like, are you... I know art, I've had visual artists tell me that before. Like, I love this painting so much, and no one else likes it, but I love it. It means yeah, something to me. Yeah. Like, when you taste food, doing that for a living, doing it, you know, doing it in stages, you know, when you're working yeah. on a dish or whatever, does it taste different to you than it does to the it, Well, it definitely does because everybody's looking to make a connection with their childhood. And so something may connect with you that doesn't connect with other people. And, and so to you, it might be the greatest dish you ever tasted. And to other people, they just don't get it. You know, I, I had a meal, a molecular gastronomy meal 
at uh, Moto in Chicago. And it was all these dishes were all supposed to be all these great, wonderful things. But especially with molecular gastronomy, you, you, you have to know what this per you have to you know real uh, relate you have to relate to these flavors uh, from this person and I just didn't relate to his flavors and so to me I just didn't get it mm-hmm. you know, no matter how many awards the place I won I just didn't get it and I left and I went and got something to eat somewhere else <laughs> I don't believe but, in like your gastronomy I just don't believe in it well it's, it's like quantum physics it's like you know what I mean I, I just don't believe in it I'm just not <laughs> I'm smart sure. enough to yeah. do it yeah that's all that is <laughs> well we have a book of question question for you right yes you know about this have no. You heard any of our, okay. You've not listened to any of our shows, have you? Oh, I I don't know how to you work. You just came the, on here cold. Radio. We could have been a total like. <laughs> well, we are clowns, but okay. Go ahead. All right, pick a number between one and two hundred and. Uh, My 17. daughter was born on the thirtieth. Thirty. Thirty. Thirtieth of what? October. Uh, it's October. just this she past just turned October? eight months. Yeah, yeah. It's just eight months. Congratulations. Thank you. Is it first? Yes. Yes. How long have you been married? A year and a half. All right. It'll be two years in August. All right. Okay. Would you rather be given $10,000 for your own use or $100,000 to give anonymously to strangers? What if you could keep $1 million or give away $20 million? Now, by the way, this is $1982. This is the book yeah. of questions. <laughs> you may be old enough to remember this book. I don't know. but uh, So you got to basically triple all those numbers, I think, in your head. Yes. But go ahead. Would you be Keep rather— Keep $3 million to myself? No, oh, no, yeah. No. Everybody's on your own. Where'd you get $3 million? Oh, well, because no, no, he no, said no. Triple, triple the million. Yeah, say, uh, 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 that's uh, roughly. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know what? I do a million, too. What it, okay. What about the 10000 <laughs> Would you keep ten thousand for your own use or give a hundred thousand dollars away? But the thing away? is, with me, with my own use means I'm pretty much blowing it on my friends. That's ah. what I do anyway. I'm drinking, you mostly, know. Yeah. So well, you're kind of giving yeah, it away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I took, I took, I took two friends, two dishwashers, and Peter to Galatoire's last week, two weeks ago for lunch, and it was the bill was fifteen hundred dollars. Wait, wait, so, how many people were was it? It was two dishwashers. Pedro Pistola and two good friends of mine that I grew up with. So six of you was fifteen hundred bucks. Yeah, so you spent two hundred and seventy-five dollars a person at lunch at Galatoire. The wine was really ten, good. You'd blow that ten grand in a few days. Huh? Oh, yeah, I okay. could do it in two meals. I'm great at sixth okay. grade math. I could do by it in way, two Where would be that. the second place you would go in New Orleans besides your own restaurant? I'd buy jumpsuits to spend. To spend big the, money? Well, to spend the rest of the 10000 that you're giving to your friends. All right, I've done this before, and this is, I, I don't do one place. I go to uh, whatever hotel I'm at. Uh, my friends love traveling with me because I go to whatever hotel I'm at. I rent a big passenger van, 12-passenger van. I get a bellman. I say, who's off tomorrow? And whoever's off, I tell them, I'll, I'll give you $250 to drive me and all my friends around the whole city and just go to every single restaurant all day long. You can't drink. We'll we'll pay for food for every single place we go, and you have to go until we're done. And it's usually a good fourteen-hour day. Man, can I be your friend? Wow, we, we, I was just thinking the same or the, thing. Or get or in the, the driver. Car, we get in the car. We go you. to the liquor store. We load it up with <laughs> a case of wine. We get a case of wine. We buy glasses, and then we just start going to every restaurant we want to go to. You have you ever do that done that in New Orleans? Yes, yes, I have. We Where'd started you go? off. Where'd you go? We started. We start off going to Drago's. Do you remember? We went to Drago's for oysters, and then from there we went to Laiusa's by the track. Love that place. And from there we barbecue, went to a, uh, yeah barbecue, barbecue shrimp, shrimp uh, po' boy. Yep. From there and not we, big shrimp, they're little shrimp, but there's billions that, yeah, of them. Yeah, that's it's right. Like three yeah, 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 yeah. Shrimp. 
And, and then from there, we went to this bar in Fat City called Uncle Larry's, which is really cheesy. And they, they have like professional foosball tables. <laughs> and then so after that, we went to Uglish, which was still open at the wow. time, but it started raining. So a couple of my friends got out and waited in line. A couple of my friends and my mom actually got out and <laughs> waited. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. And she w- waited in line. And they, when they got to the I front of the door, they said, they, they, they said, no, no, if everybody in the van wants to come in, they all have to wait out in the rain. And nobody <laughs> would, would get out of the van. Really? <laughs> so, so then And we now left. they'll never have the opportunity. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they regret I, that I, now. My friend that That's waited in line. Friends. I totally would have waited yeah, in the rain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't wait to heaven so I finally get to go to Euclid. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I've never been. I'm, I, all right. Know, I'm, and then can we be on the next party bus? No, yeah, of course. Wait, where else did you go? We went to Pascal Manali's. You know, we just showed up and they gave us a whole side room to ourselves. And then we went to Giacomo and they gave us a whole room to ourselves. And then we went to the Monkey Hill Bar. And what? then, and then I got in an argument with a, a friend of mine at the time. He was the sommelier of Peristyle, <laughs> and uh, and he was real insistent on going to, to, in front of his wife, going to Rick's Cabaret. What? And I, <laughs> and I went what to a bed. weird mix. <laughs> I went to bed. I said no. Did you, you leave him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. First of all, did you should be going to Rick's. Them? I'm did you leave them with the van, or did you anyway. tell the? Oh uh, no, because the the van was. But with the your van, mom. You, no, the van went and dropped everybody Did off. Did your mom and they go? parked it at the hotel. I was staying at the, the oh. Maison Dupuis. And they parked the van at the what? hotel. The next morning I woke up and I returned the van and then and, and that was that, you know. Okay. And I did it. I did the same in Charleston. I've done the same in Savannah. I'm not going to be able to sleep tonight. I'm going to be thinking through this. <laughs> this is, okay, crazy. Pedro, a should list. we ask Pedro a question or should we just interrogate him? Let's ask him? Pedro a question. See? Okay, yes. Okay. See? Pedro, what's your favorite number? Ocho. Ocho, what Ocho, is that? Eight? Is that eight? I'm see, sorry. Because eight's okay. just the right amount of beers I have to have before I start to get a buzz. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Pedro, would you rather be a member of a world championship sports team or be the champion of an individual sport? I would like to be the individual champion of full contact basketball. <laughs> That, that would be my, uh, my, my ultimate goal in life, would be to lay out the dishwashers on the basketball court. <laughs> I hate them all. <laughs> okay. Um, can we just get back to, you, you write. Not yes. only do you speak well, you so eloquently. Coming out. You have a cookbook coming out in July, right? Oh, no. I'm a, I, I've, I, I'm a part of the Treme cookbook that's oh, okay. coming out, uh, Nick. But, you know, there's you a lot of great chefs in, in the book, you know. And so uh, mm-hmm. Lola's Eric Eli, you know, famous food writer from New Orleans and the creator of the Treme series, put together this cookbook, and, and, and I'm in it with, a, with the Oyster St. Claude dish from the upper line. Really? I, I, I kind of took it on as a challenge because Anthony Bourdain wrote, wrote the introduction and Eric oh, Repair is a Michelin three-star chef crazy, and uh, David Chang. And, uh, and then John Besh and all these people are in the book and I'm, I'm insanely competitive. And so, and so Were you on I, the show? Uh, Did you cameo on the show or anything like that? I thought oh, Joanne was, nah, wasn't she? I, yeah, yeah, she was. They yeah. filmed twice. They filmed a you know the part of the last season there you know right. and so but i'm insanely so you were driven to yeah uh, yeah so i wrote this great recipe that pretty much links 
oysters to, uh, you know, freeing the slaves. <laughs> really? Yeah, 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 yeah. So you're pretty much responsible for the Emancipation <laughs> Proclamation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, wait, it's... Now, wait a second. Hold up. Wait, well, wait. that's how it goes. It's the, the emancipation of slaves is, is, is how I link oyster, you know, eating oysters to the emancipation of slavery. And, uh, slavery it's, would be so bad if we had oysters <laughs> saying claw all the time. That's that, right, I'm kidding. That's, that's right. a joke. I didn't mean well, that. Well, this could be the end of the show now. This could be. That. Well, I there's just a key. The shark. I didn't mean a, that. The a key joke. part of the recipe I know says it wasn't funny, the, the only sorry. way that you can make this dish decently is if you go free some lemons from your neighbor's yard. You know, and, and so you got to, however it is you're going to procure those lemons to free them, uh, to emancipate them from their captivity is, is what you have to do. And that, is this in the book? Yes, 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 yes. And so I'm, I'm proud right, for that so, to be in there. Wait, so Oyster St. Claire, St. Claude was, uh, predates you. Yeah. Then you, then you updated it. Uh-huh. And then you rewrote it for the book. Yes. So now are you using that recipe in the restaurant now what the one in the book oh yeah oh definitely so you so the book helped you improve your oyster you'd already improved your competitiveness uh, st claude you'd (laughs) already improved the dish yeah the historic dish it's been there 30 years you've already improved it yes and then you improved it again for the book and now you've 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 maintained that do you steal lemons from any neighbors (laughs) what kind of lemons no comment (laughs) my lawyer would kill me if i answered (laughs) i have a meyer lemon and and you're more than welcome i'm sorry emancipate them yeah, there's a lot of things. Here. That was really the only reason I didn't drink before this interview because I, I felt that that my lawyer uh, Greg would kill me over saying a lot of things that I definitely would just open my mouth and say if 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 I had had a beverage or two before starting. Well, I think you did all right. <laughs> I think you, yeah, yeah, I yeah. That's right. Now, how often do you post on your blog? Oh, not off. You see. I, I'm going back and forth. The the world of publishing is very uh, crude and, and tight-lipped and somewhat of a fraternity, soror- well, somewhat of a sorority. And it's really hard to get into, you know, no matter how good I look in a mini dress. <laughs> and, and, okay. and, 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 you know, the world of of the chef has kind of gone the way of the world of the sportscaster. You know, these guys went to college and they did this and that and the other, and now they're getting pushed aside for these people that were athletes and not really trained, you know, uh, you know, talking people like yourself, right? And so, oh, come on. <laughs> and so, and, and so, you know, they're kind of viewing chefs as that because chefs are starting to move into that realm and they're taking their dollar out of their pocket, really. And so uh, it's really hard to get into. And so I've been focusing mostly on writing cookbooks uh, and, and not as much of the blog. You know, the blog was to build a platform. And I've done pretty well with it. I wish I posted more in it. And, but now I've just, all the writing I've been mostly doing has been for uh, two different cookbooks that I have. All right. So, so when did they come out? Well, I got to oh get a gosh. deal first. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> but one Any of them, I'm, I'm hoping to, yeah, I, I, Judith Jones, who was the editor of Julia Child's Mastering the Art of French Cooking, was, she wanted to do my book as her she's last She's still alive? One. Yeah, she's 80. She lives okay. in Vermont, and she was the vice president of NOP. And, oh. uh, and she wanted to do my book, The Rooter to the Tutor, as her last thing, and after she retired. Wait, your book's called The Rooter to the Tutor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Her last thing oh, as she retired, that, just for the title. and then uh, her assistant takes it over. Right. And so, we, so, so we started working on it, and, and I have about half of the book done. She retires, and her bo- and the one guy above her just would never sign off on it. This guy, uh, you know, some 
whoever's the president, and he just, Sonny, Sonny Maida, and he just wouldn't sign off on the deal. And so eventually her assistant, Ken, who was in publishing for 20 years, got so upset, he quit, left New York, moved wow. back in with his parents in Ohio, and now he works. It ruined his life. life. Now he works they wouldn't take like your a, book and it ruined his a life. canoe teacher, you know, or something at a national park in Ohio. But, All because of you. Yeah, yeah. And so other than that, so... You know, uh, the route to, to the tour is extremely original, and, and, and so a lot that of people don't see a lot of curse. I, I call it more of a cult book, uh, but to right, me, so, that's what makes it timeless. So is it, it's, it's not but just recipes. It's narrative, then? That's, and it's yeah, a lot there's a lot of narrative. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. There's poetry in it, food really? poetry. There's a lot of crazy do things you, in do it. Do you photograph your work, too? Is yeah, 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 yeah. And I've done really well learning how to do the photo, because I, I had to learn to do it for the blog. But oh. also, uh, this past January, Tabasco paid me a, a, an obscene amount of money to do food for um, to do food styling for them. Yeah, for two oh. days, which was great, you wow. know. But, you know, but now I've moved on to something that's a little bit more commercially appealing to at least break down the barrier and get my foot in the door. And um, I'm hoping to hear back from Southern Living this week for that. Yeah. Wow. Well, okay. Well, now we luck. only have five minutes left. I'd love to read. Uh, the clock <laughs> is ticking <laughs> here. <laughs> it's 1 a.m. <laughs> no. uh, you were on Chopped, right? Oh, no. You didn't, I was, they, they cut your... They yeah. chopped your, well, your... They chopped me. Uh, if you speak about it, though, don't you get in trouble? I, well, I was this is what happened. It never aired. This is what happened. Yeah, it never aired. This okay. is what happened. They came and they filmed me. I was going to be on the show. It was literally a week. You showed up drunk week. in the mini dress, didn't no. you? Well, that was between you and me. Right? <laughs> <laughs> they literally, a week before I'm supposed to fly to New York, the, the chef across the street tweeted something about going on the show. And so, and I, and she wasn't going for like three months after. So I figured, oh, well, I guess it's okay. And so I, all I said was, you're not the only one. I saw that. And that was it. And they, they said I violated some confidentiality. Oh. So and they, they kicked me off. They're not so I canceled here. my flight to New York and then I bought a flight to Los Angeles and the wife and I spent Mardi Gras at the Beverly Hills Hotel. <laughs> That's right, because it was during Mardi Gras. That's right. I saw that. You yeah. had to miss Mardi Gras. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and well, then, you know. Oh, but uh, we all know that, that LA has a great Mardi Gras, though, doesn't it? <laughs> you were with your wife, who yeah. we didn't get to hear about, but that probably oh, was awesome. much more yeah. enjoyable. Yeah, yeah. She was going to come to New York right? with me, too. And we had just found out that, you know, we, le we left that s on Sunday. We had just found out on Saturday that uh, she was pregnant. Wow. And so we were going to celebrate anyway. That was fine, you know. You know, I would have loved to compete because I am so competitive, but uh, it is what it is. There was, there was another New Orleans chef on that show, right? No? There was a couple of them. There was a couple. Did you – wait, let me ask you. Do they cancel the whole show? No, they just canceled me, and they okay. found wait, somebody so to fill it real fast. Because it wouldn't with? be like the Scientologist. Oh, I don't know. They wouldn't tell me. So it wouldn't be like the Scientologist after you, like you ruined oh, it for I all those oh. <laughs> This is That's what happened. <laughs> All right. It sounds like our producer is signaling us we are we are done. I can't oh, that must have been so like fast. a whole ten minutes or something. Pedro, no, that was awesome. <laughs> we're glad you weren't yeah. here. Yeah. Only in spirit because uh, this was great. I hate you, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> well, y'all are scraping down the grill back in the kitchen, and they're about <laughs> yeah. to start putting the chairs up on the table here in the restaurant. So it's time for us to say goodnight. Thanks so much for joining us tonight on Midnight Menu Plus One. We know that time off in the restaurant business is a precious commodity. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, you don't get Especially a lot of it. Especially with a so newborn. 
with the newborn, so we appreciate you coming out and spending time with us here. Anytime, anytime at all. Um, well, our special guest tonight on Midnight Menu Plus One was Chef David Bridges, and his plus one was uh, was Pedro Pistolas uh, <laughs> uh, in absentia. In persona. Yeah, and persona non grata. And uh, you can find out more about Upper Line Restaurant at our website. It's neworleans.com. We're going to post the link there. And you can also find out about your blog. Say it again. The Rooter to the Tutor. If we just if we just put that in Google, we're gonna show up. Oh in the yeah, blog, it definitely. Right? Well, there's nothing else like it. It'll nothing be the first like thing that pops up. All right, cool. <laughs> well, um, our show is recorded live at Ted's Frost Stop on Claiborne Avenue in Calhoun in Uptown New Orleans. Ted's is open seven days a week, serving first class burgers, beer, and their awesome homemade root beer in a frosty mug. Midnight Menu Plus One is produced by Grant Morris. Chris Keogh is our technical director. The fabulous auto quality that you hear before you today on the show is brought to you in part by PreSonus Audio Electronics. PreSonus makes some of the best audio recording and live sound products, including Studio One music production software, Studio Live digital mixing consoles, and Eris studio monitors, and a whole lot more. Visit uh, PreSonus.com for more information. Now, if you'd like to get in touch with us here at Midnight Menu Plus One, Go to our website, it's neworleans.com, and from there you can follow us on Twitter, you can find us on Facebook, you can sign up for our mailing list, you can join our fan club, you can do all kinds of things. Um, while you're at uh, itsneworleans.com, you can listen to other episodes of Midnight Menu Plus One. You really want to do that, as well as other shows. It's Happy Hour, Mindset, True to the Game, Win Win, Out to Launch. If you're listening to the show on iTunes, thank you. Thank you for subscribing. Maybe you could take a minute to rate us and review us. That helps people uh, find us. Midnight Menu Plus One is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com. Until we meet again here at Ted's Frost Top, I'm Ray Kanata. And I'm Margo Moss. See you back here on Midnight Menu Plus One. You know Labor Day signals the unofficial end of summer, but not the end of your outdoor projects. Lowe's helps you do it right and helps you save with Labor Day deals throughout the store. Shop now and get two bags of Stay Green Potty Mix for $12. And keep your lawn looking neat and trim with a Craftsman 2-Cycle 17-inch gas string trimmer now $20 off at just $119. Whatever's still on your to-do list this Labor Day, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 828. Soil offer excludes Alaska and Hawaii, U.S. only.